It's time now for Empowered Family Talk with Francita Hallris. Do you want to empower families and young people in your community? Then take the time to make a tax-deductible contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. The Coach Tate Foundation is dedicated to helping young people and their families in learning and passing on the kinds of life skills that we all need to succeed. All too often, we hear about kids and their families having encountered life's difficulties that could have been easily avoided by knowing better decision-making skills. From anger management to money management to something as simple as learning to manage how we spend our time or how we use our job skills. Make a donation to the Coach Tate Fund. It'll help kids who need help and their families too. Make your contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. Get details at www.coachtatefoundation.com. And oh, by the way, thank you. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Good morning. It's family time. And welcome back, listeners. Our topic for today is exit strategy on our pathway forward. And let's talk about it. Have you made your mental and spiritual exit from this world system? and entered into the enjoyment of the Lord, God, our Father? Will God welcome you to enter once you exit, as expressed in Matthew 25, 21, his Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter now into the joy of thy Lord. Listeners, are you ready and prepared to exit? As 2 Corinthians 6.17 reminds us to, as expressed, quote, Wherefore, come out from amongst them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, unquote. How do we live in the world, but not of the world? Submittal. Quote, I am not trying and I am struggling with a friend who possesses and professes to be a child of God, yet does not believe in the Trinity or that Jesus is Lord. If we are to be, quote, in the world and not of the world, unquote, then should I stop being friends with that person? But if I do, she may not have others who will talk to her about spiritual matters. All children of God are called to be in the world, but not of the world. John 17, 14, quote, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. John 17, 15, quote, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one, unquote. 
John 17, 16 says this, quote, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world, unquote. Listeners, being, quote, of this world, unquote, means following the unbelieving world's values, their beliefs and their conduct. Children of God are not to share in these things. Instead, we are to follow Jesus Christ's word and reflect it by our words and our actions. On the other hand, Jesus specifically said to the church, and the church is we the people, was to remain in the world for a time. While we are here, the children of God are ambassadors for Jesus Christ, Paul says. 2 Corinthians 5.20 Therefore, we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Jesus Christ, be reconciled to God. Just as our nation's ambassadors are commissioned to live on foreign soil for a time so they can represent our nation in that place. So are children of God called to live for a time in a world that is not our eternal home. So we can represent Jesus Christ's kingdom to unbelievers. Listeners, furthermore, Jesus Christ expects us to represent him in a loving way. We are not sent to act as judges and critics, quote, as the Pharisees were, unquote. Nor are we seeking to shame unbelievers for their sins. Rather, we know it is the kindness of God that brings men to repentance. And so we come to represent the Father's love and kindness in the face of Jesus Christ. Like any good ambassador, we want to represent the mercy and grace of our King by reflecting the light of Jesus Christ. And in so doing, we hope to attract the unbeliever to Jesus Christ. Now, listen, Jesus lived this example for us in the Gospels. Jesus never sinned, yet he made himself available to sinners on a regular basis. He ate with sinners. The Gospels tells us that. He counseled prostitutes. He stayed in the homes of tax collectors and other evil men. He was willing to associate himself with sinners in this way because Jesus was sent to heal the sick. And as he said, healthy people don't need the services of a doctor. Similarly, children of God aren't called to restrict our associations to only children of God or sinless people. If this were the case, we could have no friends at all. Instead, listeners, we are called to live in and among the unbelieving world as witnesses to Jesus Christ. Now, to do this, we must associate ourselves with unbelievers and immoral men. In fact, Paul commands us to do this very thing. In 1 Corinthians 5, 9, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. 
1 Corinthians 5.10, I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covetousness of swindlers or with idolaters. For then you would have gone out of the world. 1 Corinthians 5.11, but actually I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. Ironically, Paul said that only immoral people we are not supposed to associate with are immoral children of God, Christians. On the other hand, we are supposed to live among immoral unbelievers for there is no other way to exist in this fallen world, listeners. In fact, Paul said the only way to keep yourself entirely free from immoral people would be to leave the world altogether. And clearly, this is not our calling. So in your situation, listeners, you are free to spend time around your unbelieving friends, including those who think they are Christians or children of God, but they follow false gospels. Fellowship without expressing judgment or seeking to cause them to shame. As you speak with them, be a witness for Jesus Christ and the true gospel. You are Jesus Christ's representative. And perhaps he will use you to open their eyes to the truth. Amen. This broadcast is supported by donations as well as liking and supporting Empower Family. You can go to www.francina.com which is P-H-R-A-N-T-C-E-E-N-A.com and press donate. Now, welcome back, listeners, and let's notate how can we be in this world and not of this world? Now, Michael Jates writes this, quote, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world anymore than I am of this world, John 17, 14. In this verse, Jesus Christ states without question that, quote, they are not of the world, unquote. This is because he himself is not of this world. How does this happen, listeners? What does it mean to be of this world? First, when we speak about this world, we are speaking of this world's System. This world system is opposed to everything that is God and is under the dominion of Satan. Now, listen, let me say that again. This world system is opposed to everything that is God and is under the dominion of Satan. Those who are unsaved, who move and operate within this system, its traditions, its culture, its music, its philosophies. Philosophies are all of this world. Laws put into effect that violate God's standards are all of this world and tainted by the fingerprints of the enemy. Things evil call good and good call evil 
are all under the umbrella of this evil world system. Even when we sometimes think that we can live godly lives and yet hold on to a piece of this world for ourselves. This is the spirit of the world trying to deceive us. No wonder we read from the passages of 1 John, quote, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one, unquote, 1 John 5, 19. Without Jesus Christ on the inside, everyone is of this world. If this is the case, then everyone who is of this world is classified as being worldly. Now, when we are born again, we become a new creation because we are now in Jesus Christ. We read these powerful verses here. Quote, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Praise the Lord. Seven, second Corinthians 5, 17. How are we not, quote, of the world, unquote? Well, listen, since the world is under the same of the wicked one, how can we who are of God and in Jesus Christ, which is one and the same, be a part of that which is opposed to God? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life, unquote, Romans 6, 4. The fact that we now able to walk in newness of life, listeners, is only because of the spirit of Jesus Christ, which is the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, you and me. Had it not been for this glorious truth, we too would be part of this world's system. To further understand this concept of not being of this world, we must look further at what happened when we were born again. At the moment of salvation, we are sanctified. This means that we are separated, quote, to the church of God in Corinth, those, to those sanctified in Jesus Christ and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, 1 Corinthians 1, 2. Being sanctified in Jesus Christ, listeners, requires that we be mindful of who we are. Knowing who we are is an aid in helping us to steer clear of that which is of this world. Quote, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light, 1 Peter 2, 9. Now, this truth alone should catapult us to a place where we should say of the world, quote, I don't need your power or your popularity or your platitudes to make me someone. Look who I am, unquote, in Jesus Christ. How can we put this into practice today, listeners? The first thing John, 1 John 2, 15 through 17 reminds us of this. Do not love the world or anything in this world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life 
comes not from the Father, but from this world. This world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Praise God. If all that is in the world is the lust of the fleshlessness, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, then as scripture states, what does it profit me if I should gain this whole world and in the end lose my soul? Next question, how do we maintain and quote, in the world, but not of the world, walk with the Lord. First, we can follow the Lord close. Like Psalm 63, 8 reminds us, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. The psalmist says here that he will be careful to follow the Lord very closely. We must be mindful never to do anything that would cause us to stray from him. The world and its offerings can easily cause us to what? Drift away listeners from God. In the Old Testament, we see that Daniel and his three friends were taken from their homes and brought under Babylonian captivity in an effort to assimilate the four young men into Babylonian society. They were given new names. The world system seeks to do the same thing to us. Not change our names literally, but try to cause us to forget the God we serve through indoctrination. That was their plan. But these four were devoted to God. And Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the food that was being offered. He had standards, listeners. These young men serve as an example to every child of God today who faces the forces of this world's system. Standing for what you believe may mean that you have to stand alone, listeners, but that is fine when you have the favor of the Lord. The next is be careful, listeners, not to drift. Hebrews 2.1 reminds us, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Listeners, do you find yourself drifting away from the Lord and into the world sometimes? We need to remember who we are. This can give us courage to stand in the evil days. Since scripture makes clear to us that the world is our enemy, what is our defense against the world? Well, 1 John 5, 4 reminds us of this. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes this world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith, unquote. Now listen, this verse should cause us to shout a little bit because when we place our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, we are victorious over this world, the flesh and the devil. Of course, this does not mean that we will never be tempted with evil or never even sin. Because there is no sinless perfection or graduating class in Jesus Christ. It does mean, however, listeners, that sin shall not have dominion over us. When we make Jesus Christ the object of our faith, when we ensure that we will have the help of the Holy Spirit, who will guide away from that which is evil, 
We need only to be obedient to Jesus Christ. As we walk through this world, it will beckon to us as we engage in prayer and the enemy will fight us there too, listeners. Let us ever be mindful of Christ, Jesus Christ's victory. In John 16, 33, he reminds us, quote, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome this world. And listeners, because he is victorious, so are we. Hallelujah and amen. This broadcast is brought to you in partnership with the Coach Day Foundation. You can support the broadcast so we can bring you God's word with any type of donation. You can go to www.coachtapefoundation.com, which is www.coachtatefoundation.com. Now, welcome back, listeners. And let's notate in our final session here is how can believers be in the world, but not of the world? And we have an answer here from one of our colleagues that goes as such. When we read of the world in the New Testament, we are reading the Greek word cosmos. Cosmos most often refers to the inhabited earth and the people who live on the earth, which functions apart from God. Satan is the ruler of this, quote, cosmos, unquote. John 12, 31, 16, and 11, and 1 John 5, 19. By the simple definition that the word world refers to a world system ruled by Satan, we can more readily appreciate Jesus Christ's claim that believers are no longer of the world. We are no longer ruled by sin, nor are we bound by the principles of this world. In addition, we are being changed into the image of Jesus Christ, causing our interest in the things of this world to become less and less as we mature in Jesus Christ. Believers in Jesus Christ are simply in this world, physically present, but not of it, not part of its values, John 17, 14 through 15. As believers, we should be set apart from the world. This is the meaning of being holy and living a holy, righteous life, to be set apart. We are not to engage in these sinful activities these world, worlds promote, nor are we to retain the insipid, corrupt mind that the world creates. Rather, we are to conform ourselves and our minds to that of Jesus Christ. Romans 12 one through two. This is a daily activity and commitment, listeners. We must also understand that being in the world, but not of it, is necessary if we are to be a light to those who are in spiritual darkness. We are to live our lives in such a way that those outside of the faith will see our good deeds and our manner and know that there is something, quote, different, unquote, about us. Children of God who make every effort to live, think, and act like those who do not know Christ do him a great disservice. Even the heathen know that, quote, 
by their fruits, you shall know them, unquote. And as children of God, we should exhibit the fruit of the spirit within us. Being, quote, in, unquote, the world also means we can enjoy the things of this world, such as the beautiful creation God has given us. But we are not to immerse ourselves in what the world values, nor are we to chase after worldly pleasures. Pleasure is no longer our calling in life as it was once, but rather the worship of God. Amen. And lastly, listeners, we have a delightful key to divine exit strategy. What is your divine exit strategy by Alicia White? That exit strategy that leads you to escape. And she reminds us, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, exit means, one, a departure from a stage. Two, the act of going out or away. Three, a way out of an enclosed space or place. And four, one of the designated points of departure from an expressway. Jesus be an exit strategy. See, listeners, God promised us the way of escape or an, quote, exit, unquote, to get us out of temptation. There he reminds us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, listeners, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But he will with the temptation always and also make a way to escape, to exit, that ye may be able to bear it. Jesus Christ, listeners, is our own personal exit strategy. He is there to get us off of that main stage of embarrassment and out of that enclosed room of pressure quickly. He, quote, gets you out of anything you don't want to be in, unquote. The catch is, listeners, you got to let him. So what's the play call here? I had to learn to take his escape route instead of my own, listeners. I had to learn to trust that his plan would place me back on the right path. So when you get into those sticky situations, here are a few things that you should remember. Know that Jesus is the ultimate way out. Often we try to find our own way out because we are afraid, ashamed, or too prideful to ask for help. Again, our playbook says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that God will make a way to escape. Understand, listeners, that only God deserves all of your trust. So often we look for advice from our friends and family. And that's great, but they won't always steer you in the right direction. God's direction for you at that moment. Psalms 118.8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man, unquote. Listeners, what are you waiting for? Call on God. Psalm 18.3 reminds us, I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I 
be saved from mine enemies, unquote. Listeners, you are never in too deep or too lost where Jesus can't bring you back home. Whatever you do, remember your exit strategy. Amen. And as we close this session out today, listeners, we thank you. We thank you for your participation and for being supporters of the word. Let's always remember 1 Corinthians 2.9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, unquote. The best is yet to come. Now, listeners, during your private reflection time, we must ask ourselves these questions daily. Are we leading by example today for our next generation? How can we lead our next generation if we cannot lead ourselves? And finally, listeners, look in that mirror and ask yourself these questions. What does my own exit strategy look like? What does my exit strategy sound like? What does it smell like, taste like, feel like? And what does my exit strategy sense like? Are you paying attention? Amen. Our closing poem for today is submitted by Joseph Runick. And it reads as such. It's a short point. You've lived a life of uncounted days and your spirit is ready to leave. But are you ready for the hereafter? If in God, you don't believe. For when your spirit and soul separate, opportunity is gone as the body decays. Since our mortal time not guaranteed, begin a relationship with him today. Regarding your earthly departure, do you have an exit strategy? Will you be ready to find yourself before Jehovah on bended knee? Amen. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, oh Lord you, know, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what would I do? Empower your family with the dynamic new book by Francina Hallris. Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are. It's the book that gives you insights into life's problems. Francina Halrus is an author, motivational speaker, and national broadcaster who believes the answers to your problems lies within the knowledge that was once traditionally passed down by families. But that knowledge has been short-circuited by today's faster pace. The book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are, brings that accumulated wisdom to the problems that all families face. You'll Find your copy of our sixth sense and purpose, the power in knowing who you are at Amazon and at better bookstores. Empower your life with the dynamic new book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are by Francina Holrus. 
Thank you for joining Francina Hallress on Empowered Family Talk. Tune in next week 